Ayan na! Ayan na mga ka-unity! Mga ka-ano! Ka-made in Malacanang! Mga ano! Marites! Kamusta dyan mga ka-Marites? Ayan tayo eh! May announcement na! Ito na guys! It's confirmed! It is confirmed! Super confirmed! Yung talagang inaabangan natin na Talagang high-level historical documentary yung ala, ano, The Last Romanovs, the thing na talagang Hollywood level na, very Cannes Festival level na, ano, auteur, auteur level. Ang Made in Malacanang po, magkakaroon ng sequel. Mga kametak, talagang mga ka-unity, oh. Talagang mga ka-unity. Walang, walang humpa... <laughs> Ano tawag dyan? Ayan talaga eh. Akala natin huling El Bimbo na yung ano eh. Akala natin huling El Bimbo na yung isa. Yung pala. Ano lang yon? Patikim. Trailer, trailer. So ito ah. So we have a confirmation mga kameta na ang Made in Malacanang will have a sequel. It will have a sequel. Ito, 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 ito. So sabi nga ni Senator Amy Marcos in her Prussian blue coat waited 30 years to tell our story. O talagang very objective for sure to. Very objective. So ito, sabi ni Senator Amy Marcos, confirmado na a sequel of the controversial film Made in Malacanang is in the works following yung Success ng unang box office Talagang wow oh. Talagang daming nanood Daming ano Daming natuwa Dun sa first Made in Malacanang Marites History Club Yung mga ganun Okay Sabi nga ni Senatora There'll definitely be a sequel But it's still being written by director Daryl Yap Yun no? Talagang level Thank you, thank you for organizing the screen of Made in Malacanang. You even showed it in Utrecht. Marcus told the Filipino community in Netherlands during her European tour with other senator. Tama, tama. Yeah, yeah. November 7. <laughs> tour na pala sila. We waited more than 30 years to tell our story. Oh, etong ayun kay Senatora. Talaga, oh, talagang next level. Next level, guys. Very excited. Bakit pa tayo manood ng Marvels? Bakit pa tayo manood ng mga Cannes Festival number ones? Bakit pa tayo maghintay ng mga favorito natin, Korean K-pop? Eto na nga, meron tayong sarili natin. Next level. Next level. Talagang eto, yon. So, kakaroon ng sequel. Ang... Made in Malacanang, film, box office, next level. And of course, the the ano, the talent behind it, guys. The talent, the very, very talented talent behind it will be ano. Ano? Nasaan na siya? Ayan, si ano. Si Derek. Talaga si Derek, oh. Emphasize natin. Hindi nyo na ako kailangan makita. Si Direk na lang. Ayan. Si Direk Daryl Y. Letter Daryl Yap, no? Daryl Yap ang mag-check ito. Talagang the best, to. The best. 
iba-iba. Okay, so ito ah. Magre-recap pa tayo, wait lang. Ito, ito. So yung film na, of course, directed siya, portrayed the Marcos family, yung first, ano, 1.0. Last 72 hours in Malacanang Palace noong February 1986 before pinalis sila papuntang Hawaii. Uh, obviously, nakita natin yung ending ng movie. Uh, tawag dyan, spoiler alert. Kung talagang may pakikamanood ng ganyan mga quote-unquote movies. Sa dulo, may bombshell na ano, may attack dun sa mga Aquinos, of course. Diba? Tsaka yung mga Madre, diba? Dwarful. Meron pang attack sa mga Amerikano. It stars Cesar Montano as the late President Marcos, Rufa Gutierrez, former First Lady Imelda Marcos, Christine Reyes, Amy Marcos, Diego Loizaga as Bong Marcos, at Ella Cruz. Ella Cruz! As Iron Red. Ito yung first. Ito yung number one. So, tanong, ano mangyari dun sa number two? Alright, anong mangyari doon sa number 2? Ayan, sa so number 2 version, sino mga uh, ano dyan? Sino magsistar dyan? Sino mga ano dyan? Magaling dyan? Alright, talagang yon. Okay ah. So, now let's Let's do a proper analysis of what's going on here, okay? Mga kameta. Let's do a proper analysis. Ito, real talk tayo ah. Ito, real talk tayo. Talaga magre-real talk tayo dito mga kameta. Lang nasan na ako. Napin ko sarili ko. Na-delete ko na naman sarili ko. Ito, ito, ito mga kameta. Let's have a proper, okay, ito, ito. Let's have a proper conversation. Okay, ito, serious na. Serious na. Serious na. Mamaya na tayo mag-proper uh, artistic yung auteur analysis yung mag-ganun tayo mamaya, ha? Next level tayo. No, ito, 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 ito. Mga meta, eto ah, etong discuss natin dito. <clears throat> Grabe kasi masyadong ano yung level, eh. I need to ready myself to be able to give justice dun sa depth of artistic talent and depth of ano, the script, the historical, ano, talagang iba, next level. Ayan. Ayan. Ayan na, may mga nagtutrol na sa atin, mga natutuwa, mga unity. Dito, okay, let's get serious ah. Let's get serious. Ito, first of all, I have a big disagreement with the contention that for past 30 years or so, walang karapatan yung isang side or walang oportunidad yung isang side para maipahiwatig yung kanilang perspektibo. That's absolutely incorrect and factually baseless. Why? Because we have been a democracy over the past 30 years or so. Not a perfect democracy, not a mature democracy, not a consolidated democracy, not an inclusive democracy, sure. But enough democracy for everyone to air out their version of history, including fake news version of history. In fact, more than 10 years ago, we already had very solid pro-Marcos, but even more solidly anti-Aquino, no? Anti-Aquino channels, no? Uh, YouTube channels, bloggers, etc. Na who were coming out and attacking the ano, attacking the Aquinos. Kasama dyan, isa yung ano, yellow monkey cage ba yan? Yellow, yellow monkey ba yan? Ito, 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 lalabas natin yan. Labas ko yung study na yan. Ah. Kasi ang, ang problema ng marami dyan, ito, ito, ito. Basahin nyo itong very interesting article na ito. 
uh, by Victor Felipe Bautista. I project ko dito yan. Which is an analysis of how historical distortion and denialism, this is more than revisionism, historical din- distortion and denialism has been a fact of life for the Philippines uh, for quite a long time. It's not just the past three years, four years, five years, six years. It's not just still since President Duterte won, but it's actually be a f- has been a fact of Philippine politics for quite some time. And this really took off in early 2010. So, if you look study by Victor Felipe Bautista, tinitignan niya yung historical revisionism uh, being perpetrated by a number of openly pro-Marcos slash anti-Aquino uh, personalities no? uh, who have been spreading all sorts of <laughs> out of this world. No? Siyempre, ginamit niya yung Zizekian perspective. Kaya perverts guide yung ginamit niya. Now, but if you look at here, you can see that... So, ito yung argument ng ano ha? Ito yung argument ng article na, yung journal article na yan. Uh, historical revisionism, revisionism is constituted by the Marcos fantasy, which one, generates jouissance, and two, shields Marcos apologies and supporters from the traumatic real through narrativization, the concealment of luck, and displacement. So, medyo Lacanian uh, psychoanalysis ang ginamit dito. Uh, jouissance is like the extra pleasure you get from something. The fantasy can be dialectically undermined by pushing Marcos apologies and supporters to fully identify with their desire. Okay. Although many critics of such distortion validly tackle factual inconsistencies, they ultimately miss the fantasy by which these perversions are framed. Hence, the article attempts a way out of the impasse by employing Zizekian philosophy and psychoanalysis, a mapping of these perversions' historical origins, and gesturing toward the necessity of new political alternatives. Okay, so this is a study, nyan, guys. Ang nakita natin dito is, pinapakita dito na, you cannot fight historical revisionism through facts alone. Because facts are boring. Facts are not exciting. They do not generate what in Lacanian psychoanalysis you call uh, jouissance, no? Uh, the kind of extra pleasure, no? In this sense, the pleasure of a fantastical golden era past that supposedly uh, was displaced by a transition to a flawed democracy. Well, I have no disagreement with the flawed democracy part, but I definitely have big, big issues with the, un- the non-factual claim that we had a golden era during the martial law period, no? And, of course, because of the complete Wild Wild West situation na meron tayo sa YouTube, meron tayo sa social media over the past decade or so, wala naman ginawa yung mga dating administration and lalong-lalo na yung mga more recent ones dun sa fake news and disinformation, eh, di, kung ano-ano na nagsispread dyan, especially the kind of fake news and disinformation that uh, creates some sort of fantasy and a fantasy that is psychologically appealing, a fantasy that gives a sense of relief, a fantasy that gives you a sense that once upon a time we were great and it's only the conspiracy of the oligarchs or, or well, totoo naman na may oligarchs but it's the conspiracy of pro-democracy people that brought us down and actually also this kind of authoritarian nostalgia, this very simplified idea that, simplistic actually, idea na basta maglagay ko ng diktador dyan, everything will be disciplined. Disciplina na lang kulang, yun lang kailangan natin. Uh, forgetting, of course, that uh, our dictators and authoritarian leaders were among the most undisciplined and corrupt and self-serving people that out there, no? Even our dictators were incompetent. Even and definitely incompetent compared to counterparts in China, Singapore, etc. No, so our our thought of Duterte was never Elikwanyu, nor was Marcos. And if you wanna, 
You want to know what Lee Kuan Yew had to say on the Marquesses, please check it out. Right? Marami siya mga super quotable quotes na you're very, very encouraged to read on your own. Alright? Ayan na. <coughs> Ito. I think this is by South China Morning Post. So I really suggest you read what Lee Kuan Yew Singapore... Natatawa ako eh. Pag may sinabi si Lee Kuan Yew, or fake na sina, may, may fake na attribution na Lee Kuan Yew, which affirms their side, sabi nila, ang galing ni Lee Kuan Yew. Tapos pag medyo hindi tugma or critical, na actually totoo talaga na critical, sabi nila, ay, anong pake ni Lee Kuan Yew? No? <laughs> ito, ah, kung, ito, grabe yung mga sinabi ni Lee Kuan Yew. Ah. Sabi niya, only in the Philippines could a leader like Ferdinand Marcos, who pillaged his country for over 20 years, still be considered for a natural burial. Insignificant amount of the loot have been recovered, yet his wife and children were allowed to return and engage in politics. I think as a book niya from Lee Kuan Yew, as book from Third World to First Singapore Story. Marcos might have started off as a hero, but ended up as a. Okay, check it out yourself. Para makita niyo. Talaga, ito talaga. Ito talaga. Nasa South China Morning Post at Yahoo News yan. Mahanap niyo yan, mga kameta. Ito, ito yung quotes from Lee Kuan Yew. Alright? Basahin niyo yan. Very straight to the point. Diba? <laughs> Ayan tayo. No, but, but who cares, right? Who cares about facts daw? Diba? Yun naman ang position nila. It's not about the facts. It's about the jouissance. It's about the psychological comfort it gives. It, it, it's, it's all about glamour and performativity and images and perceptions and narratives, etc. So, factually, actually, it's incorrect to claim that ngayon lang nagkaroon ng pagkakataon ng isang panic na mag-share ng kanilang site. The reality is that the post-Marcos administrations never really dealt with the historical revisionism in any serious way. I'm not talking about even historical revisionism, but historical denialism. Even the two Aquinos did not really significantly push back against it. And hence, we find ourselves where we are today. Interestingly, let me push the argument a bit further. There's a very interesting article by, by a Filipino historian, former chair, histor history department chair, I think, a dean at uh, Ateneo de Manila University. I was just reading it the other night, and... I, I really agree with a lot of things that were being said, practically the whole thing being said here. At the time, argument by Professor Aguilar, if I'm not mistaken, a Cornell-trained historian at uh, Ateneo de Manila University. All right. So Professor Aguilar had a very, very interesting article. Actually, an address he had in Japan, in a conference in Japan, about dun sa kakulangan ng mga historians in actually fighting against or dealing with historical distortionism and historical uh, facts-free, facts-shy historical revisionism no? and historical denialism. Let me post the article for you guys to read it on your own. You can find it for free. Actually, you can download it sa ResearchGate. Yan ang pinakaayo ko sa mga academic world. I mean, I'm an academic myself. I publish academic works. But... One of the things that frustrate me is that it's very hard to get access to academic works without paying so much. We have to make them as free as possible. I was able to actually download his, his very interesting article at all, guys, by Professor Aguilar. Uh, ito, Political Juncture and Scholarly Disjuncture, Reflections on Studies of the Philippine State under Marcos. 
uh, publication date 2019. No, so this is this is a very interesting article. Kung saan you have a leading historian in the Philippines admitting na nakakulang talaga ang academic community sa Pilipinas, especially the historians in doing their job diligently in terms of fighting against historical revisionism, historical distortionism, or whitewashing of historical injustices and crimes on all levels. Uh, so if you look at the analysis here, let me read some of the important parts of what he has been arguing. Sorry, kung may glasses ko, I'm good luck. Okay, let me read some important parts from his very interesting article, which I suggest you guys read. I think sinabi niya ni Professor Aguilar, no? Uh, Filomeno Aguilar from Ateneo de Manila University, former dean and department chair. So he's so historian talaga siya. This is very very important work. I suggest you guys read it. I think sinabi niya so. Preoccupied we were with the present in which we live, that we did not investigate and study the Marcos state that had collapsed. Perhaps we were just like the ancients of the region that today we call Southeast Asia, who were distinguished for their present-mindedness, largely fluid by the structural amnesia built into the Konyatic kinship system that also affected the leadership and of ancient power. Okay, anyway. So what he's saying is, if you look at these studies that directly deal with the nature and dynamics of the Marcos regime, what, stand out, what stands out is the preponderance of Western scholarship or Filipino scholars based abroad rather than by historians here. Ayon sa kanya, Filipino academics seem exhausted by the struggle to survive the dictatorship with most of us not having had the energy and even the interest to study Marcos rule systematically. It was as though we as an epistemic community shared in the collective trauma of all those who fought and resisted the dictatorship. It was best not to reopen the wounds because deep down the scars were still fresh. For some of us, anger at the dictator, his family associates, has made it so difficult to take an academic stand of inquiry toward the dictatorship. Even after his downfall, many of us continue to demonize the regime in a way that made it tough for us to assume a position of scholarly engagement. For many reasons then, we did not study the dictatorship was collapsed. We celebrated in our minds, consigned to the past, buried, and never to be awakened. So, so clearly, there was, there was complacency on the part of historians in the Philippines. And this is according, of course, not all, but vast majority of them. Uh, for instance, he points out meron tayo mga so-called Marcos papers. So huge volume, thousands of pages out there. Documents that were found, PCGG has a, a copy of that, but this was barely studied in a systematic bay, way by a significant number of historians in this country. No? Uh, sa kanya, despite some academic publications on Marcos and martial law before 2016, it was only with the son's foreseeable electoral victory and President Rodrigo Duterte's decision to bury Marcos remains at the Libingan ng mga bayani that it really dawned upon us as an epistemic community, meaning academic community, scholar community, intellectual community, that the past was coming back with a vengeance. Surprise, only then did we in academia exclaim almost, but definitely not in unison, historical revisionism. In short, Medyo may mga natulog sa pansita. Ito, ito, let, let me emphasize this. Ayon sa kanya, complacency. Ayon sa kanya, complacency since 1980s. Uh, so, ito, ayon sa kanya, ito yung major problem, complacency. Ah. Ito na, nahanap ko na yung mga quotes na gusto kong sabihin. Alright. Wait lang ah. 
basahin ko to ah. Ayan, ayan sa kanya. Since 1986, collectively, we as people decided to move on with the country never having had something like South Africa's Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which was established in 1996. After Marcus died in Hawaii in 1989, we became even more complacent. Two years later, members of the Marcos family began to return to the Philippines in 1992. Imelda Marcos even ran for the presidency, although she lost. However, Ferdinand Marcos Jr. was elected representative of the 2nd District of Ilocos Norte. In 1995, Marcos Jr. ran for the Senate and lost, while Imelda was elected representative of her home province of Leyte. But later on, all of them will win Senate and all the way to the presidency for Marcos Jr. As... Professor Aguilar admits, nearly 28 years passed before a definite move was taken to organize the Marcos papers and make them accessible to researchers. So he's, he's referring to sa mga documents that 600,000 documents no, that were able to be put together uh, from all of the communications and, 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 and whatever papers, etc. left from the Marcos era. No? Now, there's one thing here I want to emphasize, folks, which is, which is very interesting. So, what Professor Aguilar correctly points out, and he actually quotes a former professor of mine, Professor Amado Mendoza, during a discussion. I think it's now been Professor Amado Mendoza. The problem is not historical revisionism. Okay, there is definitely a problem of historical revi revisionism, no? Rather, denialism. Because Revisionism could be valid if it's based on newly discovered documents, verifiable documents and data. So technically, revisionism is not falsehood. But here we're talking about denialism and distortion. Now, an interesting thing that was pointed out by a number of political scientists and experts in the Philippines, including Professor Mendoza, as pointed out also by Professor Aguilar. Ito yung point nila. The reason na malakas yung pro-Marcos uh, Let's just call it narrative. So I want to be... <laughs> and some would say propaganda, some would say fake news, whatever. The reason why it's very strong is that it was... Ne that, first of all, the, 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 the historical textbooks we have on the secondary and primary levels in no way seriously engage really in the dark side of the martial law period or the uh, dark side of dictatorship. The other problem we have, no? The other problem we have is that the academic community did not reach out as much. We have very few public historians. I mean, I can only think about Shao Chua, Ambeth Ocampo, among the more popular ones. No? And then, of course, people like Professor Lisandro Claudia are also making their efforts no, to, to engage in public discussion. No? Although Lele has a very diverse background, not just a historian. So a lot of historical publications, actually, they don't you know, enter or bleed into the mainstream discussion. So actually, the de facto guys, the de facto um, narrative, meta-narrative in the Philippines was more pro-Marcos than anti-Marcos. Whether you look at the basic textbooks, whether you look at yung mga usapan sa kalye, and especially if you look at yung mga usapan namin among us mga Ilocanos or people from the north of the country who actually factually benefited during the Marcos era. And not to mention what people like Duterte have been saying, people like Estrada have been saying, uh, people who don't like Aquinos have been saying, people are frustrated with the gridlock in our democracy have been saying, people who thought that Marcos was kind of our version of Lee Kuan Yew then saw Singapore and were so uh, impressed are saying. So the reality is that the ones that actually have been trying to push back against the meta-narrative, the dominant narrative, are the academics and activists 
and human rights advocates, not uh, the mainstream, right? The mainstream actually meaning, you know, like, talaga yung karamihan ng mga tao, for them, you know, they were never really exposed to the nitty-gritties of what went really wrong during that time. And as I said, this goes back to the some of the problems we had with our basic education system. But also, it is the failure of the academic community, the historians, uh, political thinkers, among others, to reach out uh, and, and communicate to ordinary peoples in ways whereby they can really have a comparative and deep analysis of what makes a country successful, what makes a nation fail, what makes a nation succeed, and accordingly be able to assess and judge based on evidence and data ano nangyari. Because let's be honest, ang mahal guys, yung mga libro, academic works are so expensive. They're so hard to access. And even if you have them for free, ang hirap basahin. A lot of them, they're not written in a way that they're supposed to be appreciated by a layman. Even by a fellow academic, even by a fellow historian for that matter. Not all historical books in these countries are written the way that they're supposed to be written in the beautiful, accessible, engaging way, no? Uh, and, and, and it's, it, and, you know, Aguilar, Professor Aguilar admits that a lot of historians here were, were more focused with survival and maybe their careers than really reaching out. So there was really a problem, a shortcoming in the part of the academic community. But on the third level, and this is what has been my hypothesis, my thesis, my argument over and over and over and over again. You cannot reduce the return of Duterte, uh, the return of Marcos's and Duterte coming before that to just fake news and disinformation. You have to understand that fake news and disinformation works when it's emotionally, psychologically palatable to the majority of people. And you have to understand, therefore, why is it so psychologically palatable? On one hand, of course, you can talk about uh, lack of educational cognitive resilience due to maybe shortcomings in our educational system. You can make that argument. But I would go more than that. I would say it was precisely the failure of post-Marcos regime to bring about an inclusive, stable, prosperous democracy that has made many, many of our Kababayans very much open to disinformation, misinformation, or at least distortions of history, or romanticization of martial law and the dark past. You have to understand its frustration, its desperation, its anger, its unfulfilled desires, and to put it in Zizekian term, the jouissance, the psychological jouissance that makes Made in Malacanang such a supposedly big event. And why we're going to see more and more of that. I, I think Made in Malacanang 1.0 is just the beginning of it. This is picking up. This is picking up. We're going to see more and more and more of it. So unless the academic community in this country, unless the media practitioner, journalists, ordinary people, uh, uh, educators, unless they do their part, the part, the Made in Malacanang is, is just going to be the beginning of a new era. A new era of an alternative <laughs> meta alternative. It's more like reinforcement of already the the collective unconscious. All right, sorry, I'm using already these terms uh, in psychology. You know, so the collective unconscious, which was amenable to the pro Marcos narrative, and now you have not only collective unconscious but a conscious effort, you no, know, to propagate a certain version of history 
that many would say is not necessarily reflective of the facts on the ground and not the best thing for a democracy. But yun nga sabi ko, there has to be also recognition. Kaya ito yung ayoko dun sa mga iba dyan na nega lang ng nega, complain ng complain, sinisisi pa yung mga voters, sinisisi pa yung mga tao na hindi naman uh, uh, didn't have the kind of educational training or background they had or ideological uh, uh, you know, uh, exposure that they had. That, that, that's unfair. That's wrong. That's wrong. You don't blame voters. You don't do that. You don't blame people. You, ha- you, 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 you facilitate a more democratic, informed public discourse. That's what we have to do here. And at the same time, there has to be mea culpa. So I'm very, very glad that Professor Aguilar, through that article at least, has made it absolutely clear that there was a shortcoming by the academic community in the Philippines. And my pakakulang din yung ating mga educators in making sure na the fantasization, the romanticization, uh, the whole jouissance political economy around uh, glorification of the martial law period and, and dictatorship authoritarianism. There was, there was, may talagang pagkakulang dyan. May talagang mga natutulog sa, may maraming natulog sa pansitan. Kaya tayo po, in my own very humble, limited capacity, I'm trying to do my part. But ang point ko is, hindi tama na you go out there and you just make fun of the people and you attack them, you attack their educational credentials, etc. Hindi po tama yan. At the same time, guess what? I bothered to watch Made in Malacanang and make an analysis of it in the most objective way possible. You can check it. I'm fair. I go there, I watch. I, I medyo cheeky tayo dito na medyo you make fun here and there. But at the end of the day, I do my, my job seriously. No? I go there, I objective analyze, I put it out there. I even wrote on it, right? Both from a psychological, political, but also from an artistic, cinematographical point of view. No? I even talked about scripts, the Dostoyevsky and the... Uh, you know, the, 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 the progression of the narrative. I explained to you all of those things, guys. Diba? Uh, diniscuss natin yan, you know. Ano nangyari dito? Sinong kausap natin? Biglang may kausap tayo dyan. Wait lang, ha? Nakitad. Ano tayo dyan? Nakitad ako, ha? Basta, kuha niyo yung point ko, guys. There has to be a mea culpa. There has to be a recognition ng kulang yung demokrasya natin. But at the same time, let's be honest, the collective unconscious was much more open to a pro-Marcus narrative than the anti-Marcus one. And the more the post-Marcus regimes and administration failed in bringing about true democracy, inclusive growth, the more people that collective unconscious became open to conscious tapping of a yearning for kind of an authoritarian era. So far, however, let me close on this note. So far, however, as I said, in fairness kay Marcos Jr., the president, he has been reversing some of the worst policies of the previous president, right? Whether yung bara-bara style of war on drugs, whether yung, um, yung mga I love, I love China, etc., whether yung mga bastusan na diplomatic language, President Marcos Jr. has been correcting all of that. Yes, yes, of course, the standard has to be higher. The benchmark has to be higher than that. But in fairness, we also have to give credit where credit is due. So ayoko yung style na nega lang ng nega or, or the refusal to give credit where credit is due and gusto lang talaga ng tao parati. Kasi distortion din yun eh. When he refused to give credit where credit is due, that's also a distortion. That's also a form of distortion. Alright? Okay, ayan na naman. Marami na mga inis sa akin. But you know what? I don't care. Because I'm here... 
to give you the most objective possible point of view based on facts, based on research because we do our assignment. You could say, just in this vlog, nakailan articles nang diniscuss natin, guys. Naka-review of related literature tayo. Alright? Nagpapatawa tayo, nagpapaganyan tayo. Yes, that's true. But I don't I'm very serious about what I'm doing here, no? And I'm not here to take one side against each other. We're here for the interest of the realm. And the interest of the realm is to elevate the level of discourse by at the same time acknowledging ano yung mga kakulangan ng mga tao who should have known better, who should have done better, who should have done their part to make sure na mas mataas yung antas ng diskusyon natin pagdating sa kaysaysayan. If only we were less snob, I'm talking to my fellow academics, fellow thinkers, friends. if only we were more engaging with the public in social media platforms, if we bothered to make the real the facts more accessible to people not only in expensive academic journals or books na sila sila lang or tayo tayo lang nagbabasa then perhaps we would have been in a better place but above all if only our leaders after marcos did their job brought about inclusive growth and better democracy we would not have been here yun lang point ko talaga so there has to be a recognition of that so just Pag-hater-hater hater lang sa mga supporters of Marcos, hater lang sa Marcos, that's not the way forward. There has to be a more intelligent, more constructive, more mature way forward. And that starts with the mea culpa. And yan ang problema ko. I rarely see mea culpa from a certain camp. You know which camp this is, right? And dyan tayo nagkakaproblema. Because unless my mea culpa, unless my soul searching, unless my recognition of shortcoming, there's just no way for them to win back the hearts and minds of people. And there's no way for them to be effective leaders. There's no way for them uh, to ensure that their advocacies will be translated into actual improvements on the ground or in the public discourse and in terms of, you know, both on the material and discursive levels. No? All right, and dami na natin sinabi dyan. And dami naman natin sinabi dyan. Talagang sinasabi, add some humor. Be a little bit more funny, accessible, at the same time serious. You get what I'm saying? Like, you can be absolutely 100% serious about what you're doing. Bakit ako nagdalawang meta sa isang araw, kahit nagtatrabaho tayo, ang dami-dami pa natin ibang ginagod. Serious ako tayo, 100%. But you shouldn't go out there and lecture at people, talk at people. Hindi tama yan. Hindi talaga tama yan. Hindi tama yan. And ako, kung may reklamo tayo or may reklamo kayo dun sa mga Mayday Malacan and whatsoever, well, demokrasya tayo. So ang sagot dyan, di gawa rin kayo na sariling movie. Di gawa rin kayo mga maganda na mga vlogs, mga pelikula, mga... You get what I'm saying? That appeals. That, 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 that is digestible. That, 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 that's exciting. That gives a hope about the future of the country. Hindi lang purong kritisismo, purong dada, purong... Nana, purong jaja. Hindi ganon, di ba? Yun ang problema natin, yung mga kameta. Okay. Alright, I'll, I'll keep it there. Yan, uh, uminit na naman, ulo natin dyan. Uminit na naman. Yan yata ang gusto niya eh, pag uminit talaga ulo ko eh. Kasi lumalabas talaga yung tunay na ano natin eh. Ayan tayo eh. Alright. I hope you appreciate guys what we're trying to do here. Okay? Ano naman na? Fuego with the heart. Fuego with the heart. Maraming salamat guys. Thank you so much. I love you so much. Thank you so much for all your support, for your stickers. Ayun na, may mga nagsistickers na sa atin sa YouTube. Ayun na, sa mga supporters natin. Yan, si, si Jacquion uh, Martinez. Uh, Canadian yata yun. Hindi, yun nga yung point ko. Eh. Nakakainis kasi yung nakikita natin sa vlog and all. Either side A is angel, side B is evil, side B is angel. Side... Hindi ganun. Wala, wala tayong... Walang mangyari sa bansa natin yung Indian style tayo forever. Okay? Dapat i-recognize mo, walang perfecto dito. Some side does better than the other side. 
But sometimes, even the better side make mistakes, so they have to improve on what they're doing. Ganun lang naman tayo. So I don't care kung may mga nairita sa atin from both sides or from one side, etc. Because I'm sorry, I don't belong to any of your camps. Kampo-kampo nyo, kaya nga nandito tayo. Sa, kaya ganito yung kalagayan ng bansa natin kasi dahil sa mga kampo-kampo party, politics nyo, dahil sa mga toxic partisanship nyo. Kaya nga gustong-gusto ko yung ginagawa ng mga katulad nila, Vic Soto. Vic Soto. Vico, Vico Soto. Ayan naman tayo. Tito. <laughs> Tito. Tito Boy. Soto. Ayan naman tayo. No, yung ginawa ni Vic Soto na parang, wow, talagang yung to go his own way. Pero, eto rin. Huwag kayong makasa sa akin lang or kay Vico Soto. Ganun. Well, a single individual cannot do as uh, so much. Diba? Unless they work together. Unless they work together. Unless they have a bigger vision beyond themselves and their messianic complex and all of that. Yun lang. Ay na, ay na, ang dami natin sinabi. Alright, thank you very much sa mga, uh, sa mga kameta natin, mga ka-YouTube natin. Please subscribe to my channel. I appreciate it. Ayan. Ayan na, nagtotroll na yung mga nagko-comment dito. Ayan. Si Emmanuel Sabado, thank you for joining us. Si Georgina talagang Sabi ni Georgina Kailangan natin ng dragons Wala na Targaryen Hindi na ako Haydarian Targaryen na tayo House of Targaryen Hindi na tayo Haydarian Ayan tayo eh Game of Thrones level lang gusto niya eh <laughs> Ayan Wait lang Mali yung pinans natin Thank you din tayo John Please subscribe guys Subscribe naman kay John Libre lang naman Mag subscribe para naman mga magandaan tayo. Ano naman nangyari sa Facebook natin? Nakainis na naman to. Ah. Yan. Thank you Ma'am Eden Olona as always. Ayan si Ma'am Jocelyn. Very kind of her. Salamat kay Noibi, uh, Noimi Tablate. Thank you for Fanny San Miguel. Ma'am Fanny San Miguel for joining us again. And comments, suggestions, and stars, and support. Thank you kay Angeline Liasol for joining us. Kay Annabel Gamoras for joining us. Kay... Jean Canalas for joining us. Ayan, talagang marami tayong mga kameta na sumali sa atin sa ganitong oras. Naka 3-in-1 kasi tayong Starbucks. Eh, kaya, ayan na naman. Naka-free advertisement na naman ng mga Starbucks na sa akin. <laughs> Basta alam nyo na guys. Alam nyo na saan, saan tayo galing. You know where I'm coming from. Oh, Ang kailangan natin, kamote ba? Ang sabi niya, no? Anong sabi ni Cynthia? Ma'am Cynthia? Mag-tanim na lang tayo ng kamote. Yun na lang. Tanim na lang tayo ng kamote dyan. Alright. Salamat mga ka-Targaryen. Mga ka-ano. Ka-made in cheese. Ay, made in Malacanang. Ka-Unity. Ayan. Mga Marites as history. Ayan. Salamat na. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Ayan. Talk tayo ulit bukas ha. Sama na naman, mas marami na kayo next time mag-tune in. Ito na naman ha. Oh, by the way, dun sa iba, please naman, mag-ano kayo, lagay nyo on yung notification nyo sa page natin. Para alam nyo, pag nagla-live na tayo, may problema na naman ito sa Facebook natin ha. Ayoko mag-conspiracy theory ha. Yung parang biglang nakawala yung videos natin sa Facebook. Mm. Ay nako, ayoko na mag-comment dyan. Nakalala nyo yung biglang nakawala yung mga videos natin. Okay. Alright. Salamat guys. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon.